awesome, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Dalton, would you come help Rayford, please? Hallelujah this morning, amen. If you got a Bible, open it up to Philippians. If you got a Bible, open it up to Philippians this morning, amen. Praise God this morning, amen. Thank you, men and boy. He said, I'm a young man, daddy. Oh, good to be in the house of the Lord. Can we put our hands together for the guys in the sound room who worked so very hard to make it possible? Also, for all those who make it possible, get up here early, help clean the church. Everyone that stays late to put it all back together for the next service. Would you put your hands together for all those people this morning? Oh, man, we can't do it by ourselves. you got to have help. We thank you for your help this morning. Philippians 4.13. I'm believing God to speak in this place this morning. I, I don't want to yell, Mike. Just turn me up just a hair, baby. Uh, I I'm believing God to speak in this place this morning. And I'm believing that you're here this morning. I'm believing God to speak into our lives in a powerful way. And in Philippians 4.13, is one of my most favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And, and, and my son has it on the back of his rodeo jacket, and I see kids have it on their football jerseys, and I, I, I see people promote it all the time. But do we believe it? Do we believe it in our heart? Do we trust God for it in our heart? Philippians 4.13, got my Bible? For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. But even so you have done well to share with me in my present difficulties. I can do all things. I can do everything. I can do all the things I need to do to get done with Christ, with his help. I'm not going to preach long today. But I am going to preach strong. I'm not going to preach like Pharaoh, Pharaoh the pastor, because Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go. I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to let y'all get out here early today. I, I, but I do want to preach strong to you. But I am going to let you go early. But I have a thought I want to share with you. And the Holy Spirit put it on my heart this weekend. And I read something a long time ago about tattoos. So I want to talk to you this morning about tattoos. And it's not that kind of message, so if you got a tattoo, don't be squirming in the church. Everybody's all nervous. Good night. I should have wore long sleeves this morning. But I read something a little while ago, and it caught my attention, and it came back to my mind this weekend. And what I read was that Hong Kong is the capital, the, 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 the place in the world that they do the most tattoos. Did y'all know that? That out of all the world, that Hong Kong is the capital of tattoos. They do more tattoos than any other place on the planet. More tattoos, parlors in Hong Kong I'm a little bit too loud, I think, brother. More tattoo parlors in Hong Kong than any other place in the world. 
And so they went to the number one tattoo artist in Hong Kong, and they asked him what was the number one tattoo that people come in off the street and ask for. What would you think it would be? I, I just, 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 just thinking about it. The number one, the number one tattoo that people come in off the street and ask for in the world, in Hong Kong, in the largest tattooing country on the planet, is the word "born loser." Born loser. People come in and they ask for the tattoo, born loser. And, and, and what the guy said next in this article just really blew my mind. And, and, and I wanted to share that his answer was astonishing when he said born loser. Then he made this statement. Before a tattoo is placed on somebody's body, it's already placed on their mind. Before they walked in and said, I want you to tattoo born loser on my body, they, they already believed that about their self. What do you believe about yourself this morning? What do you think about you? And so I began to think about it. We have an enemy who would love to tattoo born loser on each and every person in this church. He would love to stamp on each and every person. You're ugly. You're a drug addict. You're drunk. You're unattractive. You're a loser. You're trash. You'll never be nothing. He would love to come and just tattoo your arm this morning, but you're a failure. The enemy of our soul, the devil, the enemy, he's tattooed a lot of you because I see it on your face already. You believe that about yourself. But that's not what God says. God says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. So that don't make you a loser. We make choices that destroy us. We believe things that he places in our heart and in our mind and in our soul that destroy us. My dad said I'd never amount to nothing. He's a liar. I've become something, something in the eyes of Christ, something in the eyes of my family, something in the eyes of my son, something in the eyes of my friends and in my church. I've become something, and it was by the help of Christ. What do they label you? What do they say about you? What do you say about yourself? Do you have born loser tattooed on you somewhere? That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the devil. There's no losers in here. Touch three people and say, you're not a loser. Say it like you mean it. Touch them again. Say, you're not a loser. If you're not careful, watch this. Hey, guys, listen to me. If you're not careful... The enemy will tattoo you. He'll make you think all you'll ever be is mediocrity. All you'll ever be is an ex-junkie. All you'll ever be is an ex-con. All you'll ever be is broke, busted, and disgusted. All you'll ever be is depressed. All you'll ever be is ex-wife, ex-husband. You'll never find love. He'd love to tattoo that on some of you right now. And I met him, and I meet him all the time. Brother Vic, I meet people like that all the time. They've been tattooed. That's what they believe about themselves. I've been a pastor now for 10 years, and I meet people all the time who've been tattooed in their brain by the enemy of their soul, and they have the mentality that nobody in this world is going to pick them. 
that nobody in this world is going to approve them, that nobody in this world is going to love them. Let me say this to you. Why do we celebrate you? Why do we have a brotherhood? Why do we put on fight nights? Why do we do ropings? Because we love you in this church. I've been a pastor for 10 years now, and I meet people all the time who's already been tattooed. Mentally, they think they're going to fail. If God gives them an opportunity, he busts open a door. They were at the bottom, and now they're at the top. They sit there at the top, and they think, I can't do this job. I can't accomplish this thing. Why am I here? There's somebody more qualified. That's a lie. That's the enemy trying to tattoo you, trying to ink you, trying to mark you. I meet them all the time. Even when we're given great opportunities, they have the mindset, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess this up. If anybody's going to be bypassed, it's going to be me. A lot of people, even Christians, believe in luck. They believe in luck. Oh, it's just nothing but bad luck. It ain't nothing but bad luck. Bad luck, bad luck. If I didn't have no bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. You say it. You know who you are. Wasn't for the hard times. I wouldn't appreciate the good times. My God's the same God in the valley as he is on the mountaintop. I don't believe in luck. Luck's got nothing to do with it. God's got everything to do with it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to. You have to be pretty tattooed to get stoned every day. You have to be pretty tattooed to get drunk every day of your life. You have to be pretty tattooed to walk around defeated every single day. Every day is not a bad day. But I meet those since I've been in the ministry, that somehow they find a way to make every day a bad day. God said, I come that you may have life, and you may have life more abundantly. You have to make a choice that you're going to believe what the Bible says. And through that choice making, you got to change and do some things too. I know for me, I was following in the footsteps of my parents. I was in the nightclubs every night. I was in the honky-tonks all the time. I was drinking till I couldn't drink no more. I was fighting. I was getting locked up all the time. My brother died in prison. I was in prison. I was in prison. I said, look, man, there's got to be a paradigm shifting in my life because I don't like where I'm at. These four walls, they're closing in on me, and I don't feel free in here. I could stand in my – I was in the walls unit over in Huntsville, and I was standing in the walls unit, and I could take my arms like this, and I could touch both walls this way and both walls this way. And when they were letting me go, they let me go at the walls unit I was sitting in that jail cell and I said if when they open this up when they let me out I'm never coming back to this spot people were writing their name all over the walls John's been here Joe's been here somebody said don't write your name on the wall you have to come back if you do there's like an old theory that if you write your name you'll be back I ain't writing nothing Jack don't even put a pen close to me I don't want none of this the devil wants to box you in 
He wants to ink you up. He wants to mark you up. He wants to destroy your mind. And if he can get your mind, I don't know what's wrong with the young people today giving their self away to boy after boy after boy after boy after boy after boy. I don't know what's wrong with the young people today following, 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 following kids right off a cliff. You and I, as the church, as we build this thing, we got to become spiritual leaders for these kids in this community and in this church. How can I do that, Brother Mark? You can practice what you preach. If you come to church and you're tired of being marked up, if you've always been one way and now you're looking for a new way, don't get high on Sunday morning with Jesus Christ and then walk out of here on Monday morning and be in your old self. Let Jesus remove the tattoos that the devil has put in your life. You have to be pretty tattooed to get stoned every day, to get drunk every day. To do some of the things I see the young people do in this generation, it just blows my mind. Christopher Columbus in 1492 set sail from Spain of the whole world. Everybody said, there's nothing out there. You're going to go so far with this boat and then you're going to reach the end of the earth and you're going to fall off. Everybody in Spain believed that. Christopher Columbus said, let's go out and discover there may be something new out there. That's why you come to church. There may be something new out there. People say, i got to get everything right before I come to church. No, you don't come to church. Then let God help you because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Christopher Columbus set sail and everybody in Spain said, you're going to fall off the earth. That boat you're in, brother, it's just going to, poop. you're going to be gone. And then he discovered there was something beyond what the whole Spain world believed. There was something different. How many believe something different about their self today? They didn't ever think they would be where they're at. I love those people, and some of you are them. Y'all crack me up. Y'all come to church and y'all say, ooh, if I'll go to church, the walls are going to fall out. The walls are going to fall in them. If I go to church, man, it's just going to collapse. God holds up a church, brothers and sisters. How many ever said that? I'll raise both hands. If I go to that church, Christopher Columbus set sail. They thought that there was nothing out there. Spaniards even put on their flag the word plumiforus, which means nothing beyond. Plumiforus, say that with me. I don't want to be the only one that got it wrong. They placed that on their flag, plumiforus, which means nothing beyond. There's nothing else out there. Everyone in Europe said there's nothing beyond the world that we're living in. Let me say this. If you're trapped in a world of drugs, there's something else out there. If you're trapped in a world of racism, there's something else out there. If you're trapped in a world of alcoholism, it's poison in your mind and your family, there's something else out there. If you're trapped in a world of hate, where you wake up and you just hate your life, there's something else out there. Spaniards put that on their flag, whatever it was. 
Everyone in Europe said there's nothing beyond this world that we're living in. The way of life we see, there's nothing else out there. And they expected that. But not one other person went to explore that. I thank God for those that invite people to church. I thank God for those who are not afraid to call up their friends who are living in a dark, sinful world, and they knock on their door, they go over there and see them, and they invite them to church. You know what they are? They're explorers. They're like the Christopher Columbus of our day. They're saying, look, man, there's more out there than meth. Look, man, there's more out there than that needle that you're sticking in your arm. They, they bring couples that are struggling in their marriage, and they say, God has a purpose for your marriage, and he loves you, and what God put together, let no man bring apart. And they'll say, come go to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I love the explorers. When Christopher Columbus found the new world, they changed the words on the flag. And what they put on the flag blew my mind. They put the words more beyond. That's it, more beyond. They had this big complex word, pluriflorus. But then they just put more beyond. Somebody ought to be thankful this morning of where they are today and where they're headed today. Sometimes we make our world so small. There are small thinkers in this church. Someone told me one time, said, Brother Mark, I don't want our church to grow. I like the smallness of our church. I don't want to see it grow. Some people limit themselves in a box. When it's not about you, God opens up the box and sends you out like Christopher Columbus to explore more. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and I mentioned Joel Osteen's name. He said, stop right there. Stop. Stop right there. Joel Osteen's the devil. Small-minded people think small-minded ways. Somebody has a little success. Maybe you don't understand that. God puts his hand on somebody and blesses them, and you don't understand that. You know, he has a big platform. He's not called to preach like John Hagee. He's, not called, he's called to bring a message of hope. Maybe you don't like him. Maybe you do like him. But I can tell you right now that he's got over 10 million people at least thinking about God each and every Sunday morning. But he shut me off. He closed me up. He didn't want to hear anything else I had to say. Why? Because he was trapped. Because he couldn't see beyond. I refuse to let anybody trap me. Hold me back. I, I pray. I get around great people that are, that are ready to get on the boat and get sailing with me. Sometimes people don't understand where we're going. Sometimes I don't understand where we're going. Or why we even got to go there. What we have now is great. What we got now is good. What we got now is awesome. But beyond the now, God has something great for you. And for me. And for this place. Sometimes we make our world so small. So small sometimes the enemy tattoos our thinking. And he says to us, there's nothing beyond just living from bottle to bottle, from drug to drug, from pain pill to pain pill, from relationship to relationship, from one bed to another bed. 
Because we begin to think that there's nothing beyond this. There's nothing greater out there for us. There's nothing beyond what I'm experiencing. And what has happened is you have allowed yourself to be tattooed by the enemy of your soul. But I've come today to tell you, I told you I wasn't staying long. I've come today to declare to you that there is more beyond. There is more out there for you. If you're stuck in a dead-end job, there's more out there for you. If you feel like you're growing but you're not going, there's more out there for you. Don't give up on God. There's more out there for you. I come to declare in your life and speak truth to your health that there is more days of your life left. Don't let the enemy rob your days. God says, if I be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Jeremiah 29, turn your Bibles there. Got my Bible? Come on, somebody, wake up. Touch three people and say, wake up. We ain't done. I tell y'all I ain't preaching long. We might have to go another hour if you don't get it. Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't have to go there because I know it. Go there anyway. Go there anyway. Go there anyway. A lot of people adopt that mindset. I don't have to. I know. I know. God's not looking for a know-it-all. There's something out there more beyond for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I've come today to declare this in your life. To tell you we serve a Savior that can remove a tattoo out of your brain this morning. Someone named Jesus who came to give you a vision, to give you a hope, to give you a future. Jeremiah 29 11 says this, amen? For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a hope and a future. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. The plans for a future and a hope. Boy, that's good stuff. That means that I don't have to be labeled that there's not nothing else out there for you or for me. That means that I don't have to let people put me back in a box that I tried so hard to break free of. I can say to you today, I've been almost 11 years sober, and I praise God for that this morning. I can't remember the last time I've ever been in a fight, but I can thank God it's been a long, long time. I can't remember the last time I smoked a cigarette, but I thank God that those are out of my life today. I can't remember the last time I wanted to just run. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for a future and plans for a hope. God's got big plans for you. And you have to expect the fact that we live in a world that wants to take your time and take your family and take your husband and take your wife. We live in a world that wants to destroy you. The devil and all his minions are after you. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. I thank God today for a Savior who died on the cross for us. I thank God today, I said again, for those that are talking, tell them to hush. 
I thank God today for a Savior who died on the cross for us. And that is one day coming back to save us. One day coming back to save us. I started roping. Really, other than being a cowboy, there's a difference being a cowboy and roping wide open in a pastor and roping in an arena. Team ropers have a special, special way they got to handle cattle, the way they got to do things so that the healer can grab the feet. It's a lot different than just being a cowboy tied off to a saddle, busted wide open in a 20,000-acre pasture and trying to catch a mama cow. There's a lot of technique and there's a lot of form to it. And when I was 27 years old, I came to Mary and I said, baby, I would like to team rope. I'm too old and I'm too fat to ride bulls anymore. So I would love to start team roping. And she said, okay, we can't afford a horse. And I said, well, let's look and see what's out there. We looked out there and, and we found a horse for $300. And I talked the guy into letting me pay him out the $300. And this horse was beautiful, big, stout, pretty, but he bucked like he was at the NFR. <laughs> every time I put a saddle on him, he bucked me. I, every time I put, put it together and say, I'm going to go work my horse, man, I was getting bucked off left and right. One day I said, I'm going to go work him, honey. I'll be home later. And we had 150 acres lease where we kept cows on. She didn't hear from me for about four or five hours. The horse had bucked me off on my face and knocked me smooth out on the ground. It was July. We hadn't had rain in any month. And when he bucked, I, I lost my feet and I slammed face first. And I laid out there in the dirt and in the, in, in the hot heat of Texas. And I didn't know where I was. I finally woke up and I made my way to my truck. And we didn't have cell phones back then. She come and found me. I was hurt. I hurt from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And I said, honey. She said, yeah, baby, can I buy a new horse? <laughs> and she said, well, we need you to work, so uh, yeah. So we had purchased a horse, and her name was Summer, and she was the prettiest Palomini you ever laid eyes on. She was 20 years old, and she taught me more about roping than any man could ever taught me about roping. She always put me in the right spot, always put me in the right place. She never hurt me, never tried to hurt my kids, never tried to hurt my wife. We loved Summer to death. She, she just went everywhere with us. She was, she was just an amazing roping horse. All my friends decided that they wanted to learn how to rope too. So we were going to ropings after ropings and practice pins after practice pins. And some of them were really dedicated. I want you to hear this story. I'm not going to let lose you. Some of them were really dedicated and getting good. And some were just going through the motions. Some of you are just going through the motions of church, going through the motions of your relationship with God instead of really seeking the Lord in every area of your life. I wanted to become a great team roper. So I would practice over and over and over again. And some of my friends, Beverly, they would practice too, but they would just half practice. I didn't say it. Y'all thought it. I didn't say it. The word was way. They were just halfway practicing. And so 
they were just halfway practicing Brady all the time. And I would get in there and I would get around good people and they would show me little things, how to pick my horse up, to stand up, get off my butt, stand over my horse, reach and roll, get my dally, turn off nice and, and easy and, and let your healer have a good shot to catch and you'll be an opportunity to win. So we had been practicing, going to little jackpots, having no success. And we heard about a, a roping in Mineral Wells, Texas. Now I had one Buckles bull ride but I had never won anything team roping. So I told all my friends, hey, I hear about a jackpot that's giving away a buckle in Mineral Wells, Texas. So we all decided to get up on a Sunday morning, and they had cowboy church there. And I said, we got to leave early because if we get there early for cowboy church, we get a free run. Because you pay for three and you get one for free if you go to cowboy church. This is early on in cowboy church world. So I said, let's go, let's go. Everyone planned on going. I had four or five guys said, yes, we'll be there with our trucks and trailers and ready to go. And so I said, okay, meet me at 6 o'clock. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and I'll meet you there. I had a big old truck and trailer, and I was loaded up. 6.30 comes around, and nobody's there. I'm calling them. I'm blowing up their phones. Nobody's answering. I said, fine. Though none go with me, I'll still go. Though none go with me, I'll still go. And I headed off. Mary said, you're not going by yourself. I said, I'm going by myself. I said I was going. They having a buckle roping. And I declared that I was going to go down there and win that buckle. I did. I declared it. She had seen me throw away a lot of money, not win nothing. But that morning was something different. I went on. I got about halfway there, and I had a blowout on a Sunday morning. Tire blew out on the trailer. Trailer places are not open on Sunday. Trailer tire, tire shops are not open on Sunday morning. But there was a Walmart there. I said, I'm just going to turn around and go home. Nobody come with me. I'm halfway here. I had a blowout. I looked for some cheap tire places. Nobody was going with me. I said, I'm just going to turn around and go home. I saw that Walmart, it was open. I went over there. I said, you got a tire? He said, $200. I said, that's what it cost me to rope today. Guess I just had to put it in this tire. He said, wait a minute. Guy, guy, guy took off some, some, uh, some used tires. Let me see. Let me see real quick if this is the same size tires you got on your trailer. He looked and said, sure enough. He said, if you want one of these trailer tires, I'll give it to you. I said, okay, I'll take it. So it sent me back on the road. I decided to head on up to Mineral Wells and go to that roping that day. I went to that roping, and I roped so good, so pretty, bragging on myself. And I won the buckle that day. I won the prize. I'm telling you all this to, so you'll listen. Listen, the Lord talked in parables to explain something, to teach you something. It, I won the buckle that day. I called Mary. I was ecstatical. She's like, she, I can't believe it. I said, I won the buckle in $500. I'm the champion. And I was so happy. I was so excited. Man, I blew the tires off that trailer getting home to show everybody. Listen to me. I'm done. Listen to me. I got home, and I took that buckle, and I showed my friends. I showed my friends that buckle. The next week, every one of them was believing 
to go down there and win them a buckle. We'll go with you next week. We'll go there. They thought it was easy. They thought it was easy. So we all went down there the next week, and none of us won nothing. Your walk with Christ is not going to be easy. The devil's going to try to tattoo you and label you all along the way. He's going to try to stop you and defeat you. He's going to do everything in his power to get you to turn around. But I got good news for you this morning. If you keep going, you will win the prize. The Bible talks a lot about prizes. If you'll stay the race, if you'll stay the course, if you'll finish, don't quit. Touch three people and say, don't quit. Touch three people that look like they're about to fall asleep and shake them. If you don't quit, listen to me, I'm done. If you don't quit and you reach for the next level, if you reach for your next level, God will pick you up and take you places you've never seen before. I went back the week after, and I won first, third, and fifth. I entered the other roping that they had, and I won first. I won three belt buckles the next time that I went. You keep coming to church, you'll be sober. You keep coming to church, you'll be drug-free. You keep coming to church, you'll learn how to stop cussing. You keep coming to church, God will turn your finances around. You keep coming to church, your marriage will be stronger than anybody else's marriage that you know. You keep coming to church, you'll see your kids get baptized, saved, and born again. I'm so thankful for Christ who died on the cross and rose again and I'm done and is coming back one day. Listen to this. This is the coolest part of my whole message. He's coming back again for me and for you. And they say, how will you recognize him? How will you recognize him? You'll recognize him by his tattoo. The Lord has a tattoo. The Lord has a tattoo. And Revelation 6, 19, 16 says, On his robe and on his thigh, he has this written, King of kings and Lord of lords. On his thigh, he has written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can I say this to you this morning? That's not with a magic eraser. For all you old-time Baptists, it's tattooed on there for the whole world to see. So I want to close. Every head bowed and every eye close. I want to close with you this morning. If the enemy has labeled you, tattooed you, marked you my God is here to remove that tattoo this morning if you don't like where you are today there's another level that God wants to take you to if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior pray with me right now right where you are just say dear Lord come into my life and save me 
Today I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. Say that with me. From this day forward, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. I know that I'm a sinner, and I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that three days later you rose. Come into my life today, Lord. Remove these tattoos that the devil has placed on me. I'm yours today. Say that with me. I'm yours today. Father, we thank you for this time we got to spend together. Lord, we thank you for all that's taking place in each and every person's life this morning. And Father, we refuse to take the mark of the beast in any area of our life, any, in any area of our life today. You're not who he says you are. You're who God says you are. You're beautiful. Come on, somebody, you're beautiful. You're equipped. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're precious. You big old dudes, you're precious. You're lovely. You're strong. You're healthy. You're getting better every day. Your marriage is solid. You're a strong man of Christ. You're a bold warrior on the front lines. You have a voice that's crying in the wilderness, follow Jesus. You're not afraid. Somebody hear me today. You are not afraid of nothing. You're not what the enemy tried to tattoo you. You're a child of the high God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he loves you. And I thank you for being here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody give God a praise.